Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. You can find me on the Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on Twitter at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at gmail.com. Now, before we get started on this show, there's a lot of things that I'm going to cover today, but I just want y'all to know that this is one of the last episodes of the year, so I just want to let y'all know, all you uh, college football coaches, athletic directors, uh, hostage negotiators, and political analysts that are on social media that had a whole bunch of things to say about Deion Sanders and Brittany Griner, I just want to let y'all know, all y'all uh, social media uh, platform people. Make sure y'all update y'all resumes because tax season is coming up. And I'd love to see you put that on your resumes on how you guys are all of those things all in one. So just want to put that tidbit out there. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, my week 14 winners. We're going to talk about uh, some some quick takes around the NFL. And then we're also going to talk about, uh, oh, yeah, Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think just because y'all played on Thursday that I ain't forgot about y'all. And then we'll also talk about the big dummy of the day. But before we get started. I, I always say you can find me on Twitter, but I'm always thinking like when I'm on Twitter, I don't be knowing who's real and who's not anymore. And I do these, you know, I, I have my quick takes or, you know, debates and whatnot. But some of these people don't be real no more. So, I, you know, if there's something I want to, you know, talk to somebody. I throw it up in the group chat. So I was in a group chat <laughs> yesterday and someone had a take. That said that the San Francisco 49ers are equivalent to the Utah Jazz of the NBA. And I immediately said that is one of the worst sports takes I've ever heard in my life. One, by no means, even though y'all see me in in, in in social media with some San Francisco 49ers paraphernalia on, don't mean I'm 100% on board with the Niners fans. So let's, let's not get it twisted. But I had to look up the Utah Jazz's record real quick. Their resume. These boys ain't even been to the finals, the NBA finals, let alone the conference finals since 2007. The San Francisco 49ers have been to the conference finals three, three times in the last 10 years, I believe. Something like that. 2012, I believe in 14 again. I believe, no, they've been in there four times, actually. So 12, 13. 19 and last year and I'm pretty sure I'm missing some other ones too so they've been damn near in the conference finals with two Super Bowl appearances let me roll the tape on the Utah Jazz like I said I think they've only been in the conference finals I think 07 08 they've gotten they pretty much gotten smoked in the first round the last couple of years and they haven't been to the NFL or the NBA finals since 1998 that's damn near 30 years ago now, the argument is the San Francisco 49ers haven't won since 94, which is almost 30 years ago, too. Now, when I said it's a bad take, at least the 49ers have actually been to the promised land. When they, you know, they've been last year was a team that was hit by the injury bug that had no business going to the conference finals and still figured it out to the NFC championship game, I should say. Um, now, if you wanted to say they were equivalent like that, that, that was just one of the worst takes because I couldn't even think of an NBA team 
that has won in the past that hasn't even been to the promised land in the future. Maybe you could have said the Rockets, but the Rockets haven't been to the final since they won in 94, 94, 95 is the last two times they won. So the Rockets haven't even been to the finals. So anyways, I'm saying all that to say, yo, email me some of the worst sports takes you've ever heard in your life, because that one yesterday had me just, I was stuck on Chuck. Like that didn't even make sense. That was one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. Um, and to this day, I'll never figure that one out because you can say, yeah, the 49ers haven't won since 94, but they've been there pretty doggone close. They've been pretty consistent over the last 10 years. They've been in the conference championship games, at least four off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure there's a fifth one. If you look at 2012, all the way up to 2022 with two Super Bowl appearances in that. So. That was just an interesting one. So, like I said, email the show. Talk to me. I wonder if I want to hear some of y'all's worst sports takes. Um, went over the weekend. Went to go check out UFC 282. Very, very interesting card. But beforehand, if you don't hear me in my voice, I'm congested. Like, I've been sick all week. Uh, all weekend, I should say. But while I was in bed recouping, trying to get ready to go to UFC 282. To all my veterans out here, the Army-Navy game is probably one of the most sought-after games or... One of the coolest things you can attend to or even talk about being the fact that, you know, our cadets and officers, our cadets that become commissioned officers, both for the Navy, Navy slash Marines, and then as well as the Air Force. And you could throw in the Air Force Academy. I mean, I'm the Army, Army, Army Academy, you know, West Point and then the Naval Academy. They end up going to become commissioned officers to serve our country. Super duper solid for them. The Army-Navy football game is a big thing. Like, both teams can lose all year long. But as long as they one beats the other, the season is not gone to waste. So, I watched the game. I mean, like I said, I'm in bed. Ain't but so much I can do. I watched the game Saturday. And I don't know if it was just because I was sick. But I just realized. Like, it just slapped me in the face. I'm like, bro, am I stuck in the 1950s? Like, why are both teams still running the wing T offense? Why are they still running the triple option where I didn't see not neither one team probably throw a pass until damn near the third quarter, <clears throat> which didn't make no type of sense to me. Um, that had to been one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. And, it, it, and maybe it just dawned on me this year that it's just bad football because they are here running the wing tee. But I mean, I saw a quarterback, a wide receiver or a run. I don't even know what you call it. A, a wing back. Um, I don't even know what the position is, but I seen somebody that's running back out here playing quarterback at one point for the Army Black Knights. Um, and it just it was just bad football. Anyways, so I I, I just say I'll have to say to yo, I need the Army and the Navy to get up in uh, the 21st century as far as football schematics and schemes and things like that. Um, but I will say this. I, it's, it's definitely on my bucket list. Probably 2023. I might check that out. But man, I don't know if it was because I was sick, but the Army-Navy game made me probably more sicker than what I am now. But hey, shout out to Army for making it happen, make, winning in a double OT. You know, Army strong. Anyways, now we're going to talk about my week 14 winners and losers. Yo, this week had some very, very good teams. And I told people at the beginning of the, beginning of the season, I mean, if you listen to some of my podcasts, I said, hey, take it easy. You really not going to know who's real and who's fake until about Thanksgiving. I said that. I said, hey. I'm not really, I'm, I'm all for the rankings and things like that. But you kind of start seeing who the cream rises to the top and the water settles down at the bottom. And you kind of starting to notice that. Like I said, my week five, my week 14 winners, I got the Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, and Cincy right now on my top five teams. 
If you want to go in particular order, I probably got the Eagles, Chiefs, Niners, Cincy, and Cowboys. And the reason why I got the Cowboys is because they beat a Houston Texans team barely um, where they had no business really winning that game. They either had no business winning that game, if you look at it, but on paper, that was a team that they should have smoked by 17 points. Um, needless to say, they were able to dig deep. Dak Prescott, he's got to play better. I think he has had two two or more turnovers in three of the last five games, and he's not going to be able to beat the Niners or the Eagles playing like that. I'm going to tell you all right now, off rip. Um, since the, uh, KC, the Chiefs, they had a team, they beat a divisional game against the Broncos where they were up, I believe, by either three or four touchdowns, and somehow. The Broncos were able to come back and get it within a one, uh, a one touchdown game, which was kind of weird. Pat Mahomes turned the ball over three times for the third time in his career yesterday. Really, really weird game. Um, but somehow they dug deep. And since he, they got the monkey off their back and somehow they beat uh, the Nast, uh, Mr. Freak McNoodle and the Cleveland Browns, a.k.a. Deshaun Watson, they were able to still keep them at bay. And I'm still trying to put my finger on Mr. Freak McNoodle right now. And I know this is only his second game in the last two years. But I don't know if it's rust. I don't know if it's him just trying to get play up to par or get up to speed with what's going on because he hasn't been able to play. But something looks off with him. And I don't know what it is right now, but it looks like him and his, his receivers, Amari uh, Cooper, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, like they just all just ain't on the same page right now. Uh, you got Nick Chubb, who's one of the top three to five running backs in the league. They just, that offense should be a lot better. And you would have thought that if they just plugged in Mr. Freak McNoodle, they should be playing a little bit better, but they're not. So just a little interesting on why the Cleveland Browns are looking worse than doo-doo Brown right now. But um, shout out to the Bengals. They, I think they lost the last two or three games against the, uh, to the against the Browns, and they were able to figure it out, kind of beat them pretty pretty handily. And, uh, man, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to ride the Cincy train ever since the Dolphins haven't been looking, looking good at all, especially the last two weeks on this week, uh, West Coast trip that they've been on. Um, as far as the 49ers go, I watched the majority of that game. I did not think Brock Purdy was going to play that Purdy. I know, bad dad joke, but I had to throw that in there. But my man Purdy was out here looking like Tom Brady. And the fact that they were up, I believe it got up to 21, 28 zip, 28 zip or 35 zip. Um, it, it, it just shows how, I want to say how the quarterback position in the 49ers eyes of things don't they they don't run they don't build the 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 team around the quarterback they build their team around their skilled players Christian McCaffrey Brandon Ayuk George Kittle uh Trent Williams that big old wall that they got as left tackle uh, Debo Samuel um and then their defense they they build they build the team around your skilled players your and your defense and then they plug in a quarterback and I'm not going to say that Brock Purdy is just a plug and play type of dude because last week if you saw what George uh, OnlyFans Jimmy got out in like the first quarter and, and, and Brock, Brock Purdy was out here slinging the ball 37 times. I said it yesterday on social media. You don't put you don't the, the way that they got my man playing. He's not in there managing the game. He's out there actually playing the game and they're they're entrusting him as far as making him put in the right throws and this and that. Now, I know defenses ain't really got a lot of film on him. So there's probably going to be a little bit of adjustment period, probably starting next week. I don't expect him to play as high as a level that he did this week and last week, but I do expect the Niners to still be able to run the rock. They got Christian McCaffrey. who looks like he's found a fountain of youth all of a sudden where he's just out here looking like the Christian McCaffrey of 2017. So 
I, I, I love what I'm seeing with the Niners. I do think that the injury to Debo Samuel may put a little bit of a chink in the armor. It sounds like it's just a high ankle sprain, which he should be back within the next couple of games or so, um, which is really good because the way his leg got caught up under him, it, it didn't look good at all. And I, I felt really, really bad. Um, but needless to say, I think the Niners are a, a phenomenal team. The fact that, I mean, the fact that they beat them, beat the Patriots or the, the, the Buccaneers that bad with the Buccaneers having a uh, above average defense, actually a top 10, top 15 defense. It, 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 it was kind of crazy to see that. So I got them. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, Hey man, I'm going to need for y'all New York pre people to stop listening to Michael K, uh, Tiki and Tierney. Uh, what's the other one? Boomer and Geo, I believe. The, 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 y'all need to change y'all frequencies and listen outside of just New York radio. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I, I, I actually did a little bit of research. I actually did a little bit of channel surfing this morning. And the, 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 the bias out there is a little interesting. Um, so y'all might want to change our frequency and listen to a couple of other, other people and just stop honing in within your five boroughs. And that's not a knock on any of those uh, those personalities. They're in, their, they're in that market. It's probably the biggest market in the nation. But I kind of do see why a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way about the New York media. And I told y'all from like week three or week four, back in back 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 way back when that go the Giants ain't that good. And this isn't more of a Philadelphia Eagles beating the brakes off the New York Giants like it was an Alabama football game, but it was more of a revelation that, hey man. The Giants haven't been good all year long. Name me a team that has won. They, I think they went seven and two. They didn't score over 30 points in either one in, in that little stretch. They didn't beat a team more than by two possessions, I don't think. Until this day, I think they're, I don't even know what the record is right now. I can look it up right now. And I will tell you that they are seven, five, and one. They have pretty much lost their last four games. I know last week was a tie. Come on, bro. Ties are losses in football. And technically, yeah, yeah, but we got the tiebreaker right now because Carolina Panthers won because it beat the Seahawks. Whatever. Y'all probably going to lose to the Commodores next next Sunday, which I have no idea. Once again, does, that does not be need to be a, a primetime game, but whatever. Um, but I told y'all, the, 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 the thing that told me yesterday with the Philadelphia Eagles beating the, beating the, beating the Giants was that the Eagles are way better, and the Giants are probably the third or fourth best team in that division. Um, sorry, it is what it is. I remember I seen a meme coming around with SpongeBob SquarePants out here looking like uh, my man Beamer from from Virginia Tech, looking like the, the worst seven and two football team at all time. Yeah, y'all was, and y'all still probably the worst worst seven five and one football team of all time too. So take that. <clears throat> I'm gonna tell y'all some points, and I. I this show, I'm going to tell you all right now, I don't like to look in the numbers, but I did a little bit of soul searching today, and I looked a little bit at a little bit of numbers today. I'm going to give you all some numbers. I want you all to take to pull up your phones while you all listen to the podcast and look up the point differential in the NFL. And, you will, you, and you'll see why I keep saying, outside of the five teams, the, the, the league ain't that good. Like, everyone's talking about, oh, it's parity this, it's parity that. It ain't really that good. There are 32 teams in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Out of those 32 teams... If you look up the point differential, there's only 12 teams that have a plus side on the point differential, which means that you're not really beating you're, you're not really beating a lot of these teams soundly as you should. 
Um, the only five NFC teams that have a plus point differentials are the Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, and ironically, as crazy as it sounds, is the Detroit Lions, which I kept, I mean, I'm starting to get on the hype train of Dan Campbell. We well, yeah, you're talking about biting off people's kneecaps and stuff like that, but it's pretty, those are your five teams. And right now, out of those five teams, what, the, the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles are all in the playoffs. And then as far as the AFC goes, out of that 12, I think the all four teams in the AFC East are in that top 12. So you got the four teams in the AFC East, the Chiefs, and I believe the Bengals <laughs> are in there. So like I said, that's why I keep saying the rest of the league is not that good. It's not really parity. It's not that the league is so mumbled jumbled together. It's that there's just the, the cream in the crop and everybody else is just eh. Everyone else is just meh. And the New York Giants is a, is a prime example. The Commodores, the Commandos, the Commies, whatever you want to call them. I feel like they might be able to leapfrog the Giants, but I'm not too sure just yet. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams play into a tie again next Sunday. I'm actually kind of hoping that so I could just keep laughing. Um, but shout out to the Eagles. I think the Eagles have shown me at least out of all the teams outside of the... If you told me between the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners... If you told me between the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners, I would probably say that the I would probably have the Eagles as the most complete team right now because they know how to put together an ugly win, a close win, a smoking win, how you just smoking people out the water. They've been very, very complete. They've also been able to run the ball for over 300 some odd yards. They have also been able to throw the ball for 300 some yard odd yards. So they've shown me a lot of different aspects on what they can, how they can win football games right now. Do I, do I, how do, and, and Jalen Hurts is a very, is an enigma to me. I, I think he's the MVP, but do I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks this year? It's a weird, it's a weird position that Jalen Hurts is in. And that's not me trying to say he's a scrub by no means, but he's, and he is, he's just an enigma. I can't put my finger on him as far as gauging him as far as would I put him in a top 10, top five type of quarterback. And you can email the show as far as how you want to debate that, but I'm all, I'm, I'm, there's times where I can see, like, yeah, my man's a top five quarterback, but then there's also times where I'm like, okay, maybe he's running just a tad bit too much. But then the same could be same about Josh Allen as well. So he's a he's an enigma. That's the best way I can describe him right now, as far as trying to rank him as far as quarter best quarterbacks in the league. I do think he is the MVP of the league right now. You got your team out here, the first team to uh, clinch a berth in the playoffs right now. I would assume. Let's see. They're they're eleven and one right now, if I'm not mistaken. They are twelve and one. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a week behind. So they're twelve and one with about four games left. Essentially, if they win, I would say two out of the four, they might be Gucci and be able to start letting their foot off the gas a little bit going into week seventeen, week eighteen. So it's going to be really really interesting how they play these last few weeks. Um, of the season, but yeah, I told you all about the Giants. Didn't really expect nothing of them, and the Giants, I low key think they kind of played themselves. They sat there sandbagged a whole bunch of wins, and now you got Saquon Barkley, who's up for a contract year. Danny Pennies, 
I don't know what they plan on doing, but I think he's on a, he's he's up for a contract. They traded away their first round draft pick last year, who's a wide receiver, to the Chiefs. And yeah, they got money on the books, but they've spent money before on weapons and they know they've never really panned out. So my thing is this, what's what's gonna be different about this year? Um Excuse me. They have a. It's, it's you know they play themselves out of getting a top quarterback either that whether that's uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young this year. So you you, you missed that sweepstakes because you, you you won games. I'm not saying that tanking is really the the way to go, but I don't think that there's they're not going to fall into a mid first round draft pick. Do you franchise Saquon? Maybe you put him on a one year deal, but then history shown that once you put that that running back on that fat contract, what are you going to do? Um, usually they start breaking down as soon as that first, that second contract comes back after their rookie deal. So what do you, I mean, what, what do you do? They got holes on their, on the, on their defensive backs. They, they, they got holes there. They got holes on the old line for show, for show. They got holes on the old line. It looks like Swiss cheese up there. So the, the giants are going to be, they, they, they kind of played themselves a little bit this year by hyping themselves up and drinking that Kool-Aid thinking that they was going to make this weird run. But, um, that's for them to figure out. But I do think the Eagles are legit. I do think the Niners are legit, barring any more catastrophic injuries. But does that mean I'm off the Buffalo train yet? Nah, not 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 to the slightest. Um, it's just a top five thing, and right now, you know, they 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 on the outside looking in right now. Like I said, I don't do no bottom fives no more because I just told y'all there's only 12 teams that have a plus plus side on the point differential. And I will say this, the New the, the, the Detroit Lions got a huge test against Gang Green, the New York Jets, this weekend on the road. And if the if the Detroit Lions could keep winning and biting people's kneecaps off and, and got right tackles out here running in the flat, catching fourth down passes and things like that, they might be something to be reckoned with. Like, they got a team full of misfits with Jared Goff, uh, my man from, uh, what's my man's name, the running back that came from Green Bay, Jamal Williams. Uh, I think he's the lead leaguer in touchdowns right now. Um, uh, they got the wide receiver that came from Green Bay. They got a t- team full of just bits and pieces that came from winning franchises, and they're 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 putting it together. Do I think they're gonna? They, do I think they're gonna turn some heads in the playoffs? Not not really, but I think Detroit is a respectable football team, and I feel like they're trending upwards with what they got going on. So, just really, really, um, really, really interested to see how that game plays out. Also, think the Sunday night game, the loser. Them play themselves out of the playoffs right now, uh, and that that's that. Uh, moving on, like I said, the the Las Vegas, Las Oakland Raiders. Hey man, this has to be. If you told me right now who's the most disappointing team in football, some people could say it's the L.A. Rams. Some people could say it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if you told me you signed an All Pro D end. Who's only had three sacks this year? If you told me that they are one of the league, they are at the bottom of the league when it comes to generating turnovers. And if you told me that they also traded a, they traded and got the arguably the best wide receiver in the game over the last three to five years, you would think this team should be going to the playoffs. But they're not, and now and 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 now it is. It's easily uh, you could throw you could throw the Denver Broncos in there. They got Russell Wilson um, with a with a great defense, and the defense still is balling. Um, and they got pieces over there with with their wide receiver core. And you could say that they're, but it's easily the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this is a team that went to the playoffs last year. I think they won four or five in a row. 
gave the AFC champions all they can handle all the way up to the final finals possession. I think they only lost by a touchdown. Um, and this year, like I said, when I heard Josh McDaniels was the head coach, and I don't know how many times I said this on the show, I knew off rip. I was like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be that good this year. You can't tell me that one, you gave up a 20 zip lead to the Arizona Cardinals. You was up, I believe, 17 to three against the Kansas City Chiefs. You got shut out against the Saints. Uh, what else? There's such a laundry list of things. Oh, they lost to a coach that was hired on what's some job boards? Indeed, uh, at LinkedIn. Uh, they got they got Jeff Saturday off of LinkedIn. And now you're telling me that Baker Mayfield can come get released on Monday, show up, clear waivers Tuesday. So he cleared or he didn't he got picked up on waivers Tuesday, which means that he probably wasn't on a flight from Charlotte, North Carolina to L.A., which is across the country. And they're three hours ahead. So he probably didn't get back to L.A. to Tuesday late evening. Picks up the playbook. He probably gets the playbook faxed to him as he's traveling. Reads it over on the plane ride over to L.A. And then goes through a walkthrough Wednesday. And then probably goes through another visualization or a couple of little dummy plays that they do before warm-ups Thursday. And they were up 13-zip. I'm telling y'all right now. If Josh McDaniels is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders next year, there's just nothing you can be. There's nothing that can be said. Like I think this dude is just a great coordinator. And I told you all this year, and this is another thing that I keep beating y'all over the head. Name me a coach that got a second chance outside of Bill Belichick that was that had a a doo doo first time around, (coughs) had a doo doo first first go around was just was just horrible. And then ran it back the second time and was able to succeed. It was only Bill Belichick that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, if you look at Dennis Allen right now in New Orleans, he lemon booty. Uh, what's my man Todd Bowles down in in, 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 in Buccaneer land? He giving up the cheeks. Um, what's another dude that's running it back right now that ain't doing too good? I uh, think that's all right now off the top of my head. Everyone else is really a first-time go person. So you got all these people out here. Oh, Ron Rivera, uh, giving up the cheeks. So you you know you you got all these players or all these coaches that are giving these second chances that are just lemon booty. And I and I've said that all year long. And Josh McDaniels is a prime example. But the the the, the two losses, and I know a lot of these losses have just stung harder. But last Thursday, that might have been it for me. Like that might have been it for me to nail the season. I mean, the season's pretty much a wash. I think they only have a 4% chance of making the playoffs, but it's pretty much a wrap like Christmas for the boys to make the playoffs. The, 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 the Raiders need, they got some soul searching to do this off season. Cleveland Farrell, who was a John Gruden first round draft pick who gave up that offsides on fourth down when they were about to punt the ball. I mean, he need to be walking back. He should have been on. He should need to take your Jersey off. Don't call us. We'll call you. You can stay here in LA. Try to figure out if the charges of the Rams want you because we don't want you. My man who slapped the ball on that fourth and whatever penalty for the unsportsmanlike conduct, who was a former Charger, but you need you can stay right there. Don't come back. Uh, it, 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 the, would the would you say the Raiders are in win now mode? Probably, but I think after this year, you're gonna have to start looking at what you want to do with Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs is the same. He's in the same exact predicament as Saquon Barkley. Do you want to keep him and maybe get one or two good serviceable years from him? 
and then you got to start worrying about what his wear and tear is going to look like as a running back. He's literally in the same exact same predicament as Saquon. I'd say franchise him. Then the, then the Derek Carr situation. This is probably going to be the first time me on wax saying I might be done rocking with Derek Carr. And I've, I've always said, well, Derek Carr is, he's not the best quarterback. He's not the worst quarterback. And it's sometimes better to deal with the devil that you know rather than the devil that you don't know. And Derek Carr right now, that that interception that he threw before halftime was one of the worst plays I've ever seen ever in my life. Like either just take the sack, take the field goal, but you can't just loft the ball up and not and just go into halftime not throwing any points up when you in the opponent's red zone. Um, it, 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 it's almost time for me to get off the Derek Carr hype train. And start figuring out, well, what do you do? Where do you want to go? Like, who do you go get? Do you try to go get a Kirk Cousins? Do you want to go try to see if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available next year? Do you want to see, do you want to try to get into Lamar Jackson's sweepstakes, which I think is a huge gamble. But at this point, I'm almost willing to try, try anything as opposed to keeping Derek Carr. But then, then, then the second, then, then the twofold question is going to be, well, what about Devontae Adams? Because one of the reasons why Devontae Adams was able to come to Vegas was because he knew that Derek Carr was going to be the quarterback. Now, it's also been said that Josh McDaniels likes Derek Carr a lot. So I don't know what they do, but I do. It, it is it's a legitimate question to start asking. Do you move on from Derek Carr? Because he's been through too many offensive systems. He turns the ball over, I want to say way too much, but just in crucial, just stupid, just bad throws. And then if you look at what he's got, he's a one-read quarterback. As soon as his first read is not there, he starts tripping. So the the Raiders got some soul searching to do this offseason. I will say that. And like I said, just because it's Monday, we're not going to sit here and gloss over the fact that you just late, you know, just gave up the cheeks Thursday night. So, um, God, that's just, that that loss right there probably had me sitting on my chair just with the whiskey tango foxtrot face just for five straight minutes. I just didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. And I'm still salty about that loss, but it is what it is. But I hope everyone's been enjoying the show. Before we get up out of here, we definitely gonna talk about the dummy of the day. And I watched a little bit of basketball uh, last week. And there was one game I was kind of interested in seeing just because I always like to see a plethora of different teams in the NBA just just because, like, you know, you know, talk to me. What's a good team to watch? And there's been two teams in particular that I have my eye on just just because. And that's one, the New Orleans Pelicans, and then two, the uh, the Phoenix Suns. One reason then two for two different reasons. One reason was because I saw the Phoenix Suns second game, I believe. Against the Dallas Mavericks. It was like one of their first games. And they were playing the Dallas Mavericks. And they was down by like 20 to 25. And I think they came back and won that game. But even during that comeback, I just said, I don't think that team is mentally tough. And I said, I think something's off with that team. And someone was like, well, this didn't age. Well, I was like, eh, I ain't just talking about this game. And this is more to follow on that. Another team was New Orleans Pelicans. And I and, and the reason why I was interested in seeing Orleans Pelicans is because when I did my NBA quick preview this year, I said I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans Pelicans would be a top four team seeded team this year. And right now New Orleans is the number one team in the West. I say all this they say all this is that what was that? Thursday it was the Celtics Celtics against the Suns. I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch, you know, after the Raiders just laid, you know, gave up the 
the the, the, the case of the lemon booty. I want to check out the the, the 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 Suns against the Celtics. I might have been yeah, whatever game it was, whatever whatever day it was, I watched that game, and I know by the time halftime was up there, they was down by like twenty five, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm already tracking. This team ain't been right since Giannis put up. Freaky Greeky was out here just slapping them boys upside the head with that 50-piece in Game 6 in the NBA Finals back in 2021. I said, oh, no, nah, they, ain't, they, ain't, they ain't not ready. They ain't bounced back from that. And what was that? That had to been Friday. Friday, uh, Friday, I think. Friday they played. Friday they played. Let me see this. Yeah, Friday they played the Pelicans. And the Pelicans was out there busting them upside their head. And it was like one of the final possessions. They throw the ball out to Zion. Zion hits like the, the 360 windmill. And oh, oh, oh Mr. Mr. Salty Man, Chris Paul, out here throwing elbows at uh, Grand Theft Alvarado um, in the neck as this is going on. And there was a little skirmish, you know. And, and, and uh, what was my man's name? Russell Westbrook's backup dancer. Uh, Cameron Payne was out here talking about, oh, just dribble the ball like you ain't got to do it. Hey, man, how about you don't give up 126 points before those last two points happen? How about you don't do that and stop being salty? You know, like, what you mad for? You don't like it, win the game. Oh, wait, you got embarrassed the last game, your last time, and you got blown out by the Celtics. Cool, understood. I didn't realize that the Pelicans and Suns had like a back-to-back and it wasn't even like a home and home game. Like they played two games in New Orleans, which was weird. Back to back. They played again yesterday. And the game went in overtime. And they lost again. I say ought to say this. They've tried to get skirmishes with the Golden State Warriors. I believe D Book and Clay Thompson got into it. Um something about whatever. But they've gotten into skirmishes with the with the Warriors. Now with the Pelicans. I say I have to say this. The Suns have zero street cred. What have you done for me lately? You know, Mr. Chris Paul, quote unquote, the point God, which I'm starting to go and say, I'm not going to go on, on a limb and say he's the point fraud, but hey, man, he be missing formation a lot of times when it's time for the big, for, for you to put your big boy pants on you and, and earn your paychecks. He don't be there all the time. He out here either hurt or just having a case of the, of, of the lemon booty. But I'm saying also say the Suns are not a mentally tough team. They worry about everything else, but they damn selves worry about DeAndre Ayton still trying to. Are they on the same page with head coach Monty Williams? I don't know what's going on with Cameron Payne. What's going on with Mikael Bridges? Um, y'all got a uh, Damian Damian Lee, which I, I I'll be honest with you as a diehard going to state Warrior fan. I think he was only on the team because he married uh, Steph Curry's sister. That's why, and I was shocked that another team picked him up. But that's neither here or there. Um, Cameron Payne, like I said, I don't know. Is, is he still doing dances? Is he still dancing? Uh, Jay Jay Crowder, I told you, he's probably the most toughest fake dude in the whole entire world. He's not even in the rotation. So uh, where's Cam Jordan at? So all of these, they're they're three to five year players. I think they've hit their peak. I think Mikael Bridges has hit their peak. Cam Jordan can't stay healthy. Or what's his name? Cam, Cam Jordan? Cam Johnson. I'm sorry. Cam Johnson can't stay healthy. And Chris Paul. I mean, 
bro, talk to me in the playoffs if you're going to stay healthy or not. DeAndre Ayton, as much as I think DeAndre Ayton has the, 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 the ability to just be a, a big, a great big, such as a Joel Embiid, um, Nikola Jokic, Freaky Greeky, he's missing that dog, like just that, I'm just that man, like I am that animal, like he's just missing that dog factor in him, because he, he can he can give you 25 to 30 if he wanted to, 25, 30, 12 to 13 boards, if you probably focal, run the offense through him as opposed to D-Book. D-Book also gives me low-key Chris Paul vibes where he's always, you know, he's got a hamstring where he's missing three to four weeks here and there, so... The Suns are the dummy of the day just based off the fact that it is always something with these boys. They're fake tough guys, and it's time to maybe dial them back because they'll probably be, I think right now they're in like the four seed. But if you look at the four seed all the way down to the eight seed, it's only separating between three, two, three games. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of parity in, in the NBA. I would be shocked if there are three uh, I'll say I'm gonna say the under I'm gonna take the under four teams having 60 plus wins this year you're not gonna find a lot of wins you're gonna find wins in Houston Orlando Detroit mm, Charlotte's an interesting one where I don't know like when when LaMelo Ball be playing I don't be feeling like they tanking but when he's not there they they look bad so you probably only getting like four Four freebie wins and everybody else, you have to put your, uh, you have to bring your hard hat and your lunch pail and your road guard vest because there's no easy wins in the NBA right now. Um, and the Phoenix Suns right now, they got some soul searching to do. And I know it's within the first 20, 25 games of the season, but they worry about the wrong thing. They, they, they mad about people doing 360 dunks. Don't give up 126 points. You'd be fine. Gabe, you know, if you scored 117, don't give up 117 points and you, you'll you win the game. And you ain't got to worry about somebody dunking on you. And, and and I don't have any issues. Zion, you know, he he had a he had a good reason. He was like, yo, this team sat there and took my team out in the playoffs. And I felt some type of way because I couldn't help my team. I just want to send a message let you all know that we here. What's the problem? What's the problem? You don't like it? Stop him. You couldn't. I think he dropped like 35 or something like that. So you don't like it? Stop him. Okay, if you stop him, then cool. You, you shut him up. But anyways, once again, Suns, I don't know. Y'all still got PTSD from 2021. It's pretty evident. Anyways, you've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. Once again, my name is Eric Compton. I am your host. We do the show once a week. We are probably going to do hmm, one more show before the end of the year, and then we're running back 2023. I got some huge projects in 2023. I can't wait to do them. I can't wait to get some collaboration out here, but I'm really, really looking forward to 2023. But we're going to do this. We Like I said, we do this once a week. Um, email the show. Like I said, email me some of y'all craziest sports takes that you've ever heard in your life. Because the Utah Jazz compared to the 49ers one is the one that I'm just like, huh? Oh, okay. All right. One of the craziest sports takes I've ever heard in my life. So email the show. Let me know what's one of your best craziest stories that you ever had. Uh, that's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. That is S-P-O-R-T-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Uh, everyone stay safe. We run it back next week. Y'all take it easy.